Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State Athletics Podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Coming to you midweek as we uh, as we get pre- I was going to say we prepare for the Iowa State game. We're not really preparing for the game. Uh, we're just preparing to cover the game. But we're preparing uh, for the trip. We are preparing and for, for the Fong's trip. Pizza. Fong's Pizza. We'll definitely have to discuss that at uh, at some point this uh, this podcast for those that don't know about it. So we'll uh, we'll fill you in on Fong's. But um, busy week, uh, an exciting week. Lots going on this week. Uh, lot, a uh, lot on the, on the line for Oklahoma State in this game. I uh, I wrote in a story for the Wednesday paper the words "Big Twelve title game hopes" for the first time this season uh, in talking about these Cowboys. Wow! So uh, that's out there. It's on the line. It's uh, it's uh, you know not necessarily imperative that they win this game, but uh, would go a long way toward. Helping the cause of getting them to the Big 12 title game. You can almost book a hotel in Arlington if they win this weekend. Just about. That's uh, that's exactly right. They win this one, and uh, they're going to really have to screw up to uh, to not get there uh, from this point on. So, a lot on the line. A lot on the line. We got some uh, some fun stories. We don't want to tell you about all of them. We want you to be a little bit surprised. Uh, but I did write about Jalen Warren and uh, and what makes him such a good fit at Oklahoma State. Uh, in the uh, Wednesday editions of uh, of the Oklahoman, want to check that one out. There was some uh, some really interesting stuff from Mike Gundy, from Jalen Warren, who yep. we got to talk. We to. got to talk to Jalen Warren. We talked about it on Sunday, but Barry Trammell still remains the MVP. Absolutely for getting uh, Jalen Warren to us by uh, request with Mike Gundy. Absolutely. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Good uh, good chatting with him, and I got to go back and listen to all that audio today as I was. Uh, working on the story, and uh, hope we get to talk to Jalen again. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. The crazy thing about that was was we had so many. I had so many questions in my head for Jalen. Oh no, kidding. he sat down, and I went blank because it was like, <laughs> oh my word, there's Jalen here, Warren, sitting right in front of us, so we can ask him any question we want. And I don't have anything now because I can't think of anything. All of a sudden, yeah. And it was uh, it was a rushed moment post game where yes. uh, they were trying to go catch their flight and get out of town. So. And he was uh, last. And he was the last guy in, and so uh, so they were warning us beforehand that uh, needed to, to go quickly, and it was uh, a tricky situation. But uh, we, we talked to him for four minutes, which I was surprised to uh, realize when I went back and listened I, to the I audio I remember thinking at the time they let us go a little longer with him than the other players. Yeah, yeah, they did. They were uh, they were generous with, uh, with their time, and uh, he was generous with his. So uh, very nice of him. Uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the players we talked to tonight at uh, Tuesday's post practice media availability. Had some uh, some really interesting conversations with some guys. So a we'll, trio uh, of guys. Uh, that's right. Three uh, three gentlemen uh, came in and spoke with us, and we'll uh, get into that in a little bit. But uh, I want to talk about a little bit about this game coming up because this is, as I said, a lot on the line. And it feels like a scary situation for Oklahoma State because they, uh, you know, they had the bye week, play well at Texas. Now you gotta gotta amp it back up and do it again on the road in another uh, unfriendly environment. It just feels like a scary situation for Oklahoma State. I'm I'm really nervous for this one. I I didn't know what was going to happen last week. We talked a lot about that. I still don't entirely know what's going to happen this week, but I'm a little more nervous for OSU. Um, I think Iowa State's better than Texas. Yes, and definitely on defense. Yes, and the way that the passing game has struggled 
for the Cowboys makes me really nervous for them in this one um, because Iowa State is really good against the pass, obviously even a little bit better against the run. Yeah. And so I, it's it's not a good combination if you're OSU's offense that's kind of been – not kind of, it, that has been inconsistent. Right. And I think that's – it's a recipe that could really cause some problems for OSU. It really comes down to which Spencer Sanders shows up, and uh, it's been, um, you know, with the with the pass protection issues, it's been hard for him to really go out and uh, and sling the ball like he did in the first half against Kansas State. We just haven't seen a game like that from him since then, and it feels like that's the type of quarterback they're going to need to win this one, don't you think? Absolutely. Um he that game was I don't know that that might have been the most poise we had seen him in, in the first half of any game his yeah. entire career yeah and he had protection he picked apart Kansas State's defense which is a pretty good defense right and picked them apart um I think you know he didn't get he did he he got no help from receivers early the other day I think that didn't help the passing situation besides the protection mm-hmm. um if he gets help early, can find a way to get some protection, maybe move the pocket a little bit himself. I think he can have some success, but if not, and he throws an interception early or throws two interceptions real quick, it's it could be really dangerous territory really fast. Absolutely. And the uh, the pass protection is going to be key in this one because um, Iowa State is really good up front. They're really solid in uh, in getting to the quarterback. They've got uh, they've got guys up there that can uh, can be difference makers. So, uh, you know, one of the guys that one of the players we talked to tonight was Hunter Woodard, and uh, I was I was trying to ask about pass protection without asking about it because I wanted to see what he said. So I just asked him uh, what area they needed to improve on, and uh, he immediately went to pass protection. Said that uh, that Mike Gundy was going to try to uh, to get a little bit more speed on the scout team. Uh, this week, so I'm curious to know what exactly that uh, what that looks like. Thank God he didn't say penalties or something. <laughs> right? Here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but yeah, so they they need to be able to uh, to protect Spencer and give him time to throw, and that's going to be a, uh, a huge part of this game because. There have been moments when we've asked about Spencer Sanders and Gundy keeps coming back to he's not having enough time to throw. Um, you know, he, he went that uh, that direction with the uh, after the Baylor game when Sanders had the three picks. He uh, he went that direction again uh, after Texas when uh, when Sanders threw one interception and uh, and like you mentioned, kind of struggled after uh, after having some early drops by receivers. So. Uh, pass protection is obviously a uh, major concern for this team right now. Even though they're not giving up a ton of sacks, uh, they're just not giving Sanders time to get clean looks. And uh, I think, I think moving the pocket a little bit would be yep. uh, a, a big help to uh, to Spencer Sanders. He seems to throw to throw well on the run and handle a a moving pocket pretty well, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think it gives him a chance that if something breaks down, he can run. Right. And gives him some space to run because sometimes these the the the, the timing's so short he doesn't even have time to move necessarily yeah. with the ball 
and it gives him a chance. I think it. I think it gives him a little bit. You know, we saw it with his touchdown throw to Presley. He moved the pocket and threw to Presley. Mm-hmm. I think it benefits Presley a little bit to have Sanders moving too. And yeah. So I think I think maybe that's something to consider as well. Yeah, you know, we uh, we talked to Brennan. He talked about that route in particular, and having seen that uh, crossing routes were open earlier in the game, he felt very comfortable that he was going to get open for a touchdown on that play. Um, and you know, watching the replay of it, he just kind of uh, kind of comes across and uh, gets gets open and drifts back into the end zone and. And Sanders makes a, a perfect throw to him there, and uh, and they score a touchdown. So um, it was a really impressive play, and and one that uh, that Sanders was out of the pocket and moving around and uh, and making a throw on point. So uh, maybe that's something that they do a little bit more of. Uh, Brendan Presley, you uh, you asked him if there were any more uh, trick plays in the tank. He was not giving you an answer on no, that one. No, I think there are. I think there are. Um, oh yeah, you know, on back to the moving pocket too a little bit. This might make OSU fans cringe a little, but I think Spencer moving and maybe freestyling a little bit, right, might be to their benefit. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It, um, might, it might make some fans who are nervous about his turnovers cringe, right? But I think that might be better for them than just standing back there trying to go through his progressions all the time. Let him freestyle a little bit because sometimes he's pretty damn good when he freestyles. Yeah, he can uh, he can get going and uh, and make some plays when uh, when he is when it's needed of him in those situations. So, and like you said, it gets him out on the edge, gets him moving, and gets him away from some of the defensive linemen, and gives him a little bit of space where if things break down, he can take off and run, which we didn't see a ton of against Texas, but he was really efficient and effective running the ball against Kansas State and Baylor. Uh, so they're going to need more of that, I think, this week at Iowa State. I also you know, mentioned the trick plays with Brennan. I think uh, I, you could try to run that same play again, just not have him throw the ball. <laughs> you know, you could yeah. totally mess with Iowa State now a little bit. Um, though I think he'd like to get he 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 admitted he'd like to get another chance to throw that ball. Oh yeah. Um, I thought it was funny. He said he threw it the same way he had practice, but he said if he if he planted his foot better, he might be able to throw it a couple of yards further. And I thought you didn't throw it the same way then. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you understand what that feels like because I no. don't think you did it right. No, and uh, uh, you know, watching it again, I, I watched uh, a good portion of the second half uh, on uh, on Monday, writing the story that I wrote on the um, the last six possessions for the uh, the Texas offense and what the Oklahoma State defense did against them for the Tuesday paper. And so I watched the rest of the second half from the point that Texas scored their uh, their touchdown on. And Presley definitely looked like he was rushing to get that ball out. And he looked like he was uh, panicking a little bit and trying to get that throw delivered. He said he couldn't really quicker. see anything downfield, right? I mean, yeah. is that the problem when you hand the shortest receiver on the team the ball <laughs> in that situation to throw? Maybe so. Maybe that's the issue. And they need to uh, get somebody taller to make throws. <laughs> get Tay Martin throw. Right. <laughs> um, looking at the defensive side of the ball for Oklahoma State, I think I think Iowa State is figuring some things out after some early struggles in the season. Um, they uh, they had their uh, their difficulties against Baylor, and uh, you know obviously they couldn't score much against Iowa. You know games like that that they've 
not looked great. And they've had some others along the way where their offense seemed to sputter a little bit, but they seem to figure some things out uh, for the Kansas State game. We uh, we followed along with that one as we were driving from Austin to uh, to Dallas on uh, on Saturday. Didn't get to watch it, but it certainly seemed like the uh, the Iowa State offense is clicking a little bit better than it was early in the season, Jacob. I mean, Brees Hall took the first place 75 yards. Right. That kind of puts K-State in a hole real quick and didn't help. And K-State's not necessarily built to come back necessarily even with Scott with, – uh, with um, Skyler Thompson back. I almost call him Skyler Vaughn. No <laughs> idea who that is. It's a combination of Skyler Thompson and Deuce Vaughn, apparently. Apparently. Um, yeah, I just – you knew a matter of time Iowa State's offense is going to get going. They're too good with Brees Hall and Brock Purdy and uh, Charlie Kolar and other receivers they have. Um, they all have long receivers. You know, they're just – I think there's just too much talent there for them not to get going. And it's kind of maybe a little bit of bad luck of the draw for OSU that they started figuring out right as OSU's coming to town. Right. I was asked this earlier today, and uh, it was a it was a tough question to answer, but what do you think is the biggest challenge for uh, for the Oklahoma State defense? Is it the uh, the passing game or uh, or the rush game with Brees Hall? You know, that's a really tough one to answer. Yeah, it is. I lean towards the passing game a little bit. Yeah. They haven't faced a passing game with a tight end like Kolar. Right. Um, and they haven't faced a team with really tall athletic receivers like Iowa State has right. across the board. Um, and really, I think Brock Purdy is the best quarterback they face too. So You could say that. I think um, so. You know, I think um, I kind of lean passing is their biggest concern. Yeah, I think so too, and uh, the combination, I think, is what really makes it scary for Oklahoma State mm-hmm. because you've got to uh, you've got to pack the box a little bit to uh, to contain Hall, and then uh, from that point, then it uh, leaves you in some man coverage situations and gives Purdy the chance to try to pick you apart, and that's uh, that's where it gets a little bit scary. Obviously, there were some times against Texas where Jim Knowles felt that they need to protect against the deep ball a little bit better and they uh they kind of pulled some guys out of the box and and Bijan robinson hit them for some big plays so uh, they're uh they're gonna have they're gonna face some of those same situations in this game because uh, because of the talent of Brees hall and of brock purdy so it's gonna be uh, really interesting to see kind of how that uh how that dance plays out the uh the dance of uh of loading the box and uh, backing off and and uh, dropping into coverage and uh, and all of those things. So, I thought it was you know the talk about that dance. That was really fascinating about Mike uh, yesterday. Was talking about Jim Knowles' ability to adjust in the game. Yeah, and his his game his game uh, his play calling mm-hmm. is so good. And so I'm really interested to see kind of what he dials up this game. Also fascinating that Mike Gundy said uh, he didn't ask anybody when he was doing it, going through the interview process of what Jim Knowles was like on game day. Yeah, that seems like a big oversight. <laughs> it seems like it seems like something you might want to might want to discuss with somebody uh, before you go hiring a defensive coordinator. But uh, Gundy obviously saw what he was looking for in uh, in Knowles' defensive mind and uh, and his play calling and his adjustments on game day are. Uh, 
are a a big part of that. So I don't know that Gundy realized that Knowles apparently was a lunatic on the sideline on game days. <laughs> yeah, apparently, the way uh, Tanner McAllister talked about him today, breaking clipboards and yelling and eyes bugging out of his head, and <laughs> he said he was really glad he's up in the booth the last couple seasons. And so maybe maybe that's what it was. Like they didn't ask that question. Gundy realized his mistake and said, "No, you got to go up to the booth. You got to go. Up, <laughs> uh, you got to go upstairs, man." So uh, it was uh, really interesting talking to Tanner McAllister. He was uh, we talked to him for over 15 minutes, which is uh, really long for uh, players post practice. They're usually uh, six seven minutes and they're uh, and they're moving on. But Tanner was fascinating to talk to. He's yeah. always been good, but tonight he was uh, he was exceptional. Yeah, I, you know I I brought up like hey well, you know I think Colby Harvell Peel on another podcast called uh, Jim Knowles an evil scientist or something, and I brought that up to. Tanner and man, Tanner backed that up and then some. He yeah. went on. A, it was like a five-minute conversation about Jim Knowles. I think with Tanner. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was good stuff. Um, talking about, like you said, the uh, the uh, he, he said he didn't want to call him bipolar, but uh, <laughs> but he's he can uh, go from really calm and laid back to uh, breaking clipboards and yelling to uh, right back to. Uh, the calm side of, of things that we uh, that we see more of in uh, in interview sessions. Called him a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, he did. That I thought was that was fun. really funny. That was fun. Um, what else? He said uh, he talked about being you know Knowles being from Philly, so he's right. you know he's not. She's like I've never been to Philly, so I'm not quite sure, but you know he's he's from Philly, and you can tell basically. Yeah. So that was good stuff. Yeah, it was. It was uh, a lot of fun talking to him. Um, a lot of good stuff uh, that, he, that he had to say on uh, a multitude of topics. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, he had uh, he had a big big interception and uh, gave us a really good breakdown of uh, of that play. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, a little too technical for me to understand on some of it, but it was a little bit uh, it was a little bit inside football. Yeah. Um, but uh, but a really good um, analysis from him of you know what his assignment was on that play and uh, what he was looking at and what he the decision he had to make to uh, to drop back rather than to cover the uh, the shorter route that was out in front of him in the flat and uh, obviously a good decision and uh, and a an excellent play that uh, was at the exact right time for uh, for Oklahoma State so big time uh, props to him for that um, let's see. Anything else from uh, from the player availability tonight? No, that we, I think that, that we was didn't? good. Um, it was it was fascinating. It was it was good stuff this week. Very productive for us. Yes, it was. Lots of good stuff that uh, that we'll be sharing in the paper over yes. the next few days. Very productive for the story I'm working on for this week, but I'm not going to spoil that one. Oh no, that's We're a, have to pick up the paper on Friday. That's a nice little surprise that'll be waiting in the uh, in the Friday paper. So, uh, lots of good stuff for that from uh, from this player availability as well so all right um anything else about the game before we move on to our three questions i think uh i think we kind of covered everything we wanted to cover no i think we're we're good i think it's the best game of the week in the conference and uh it's definitely be, uh for the second week in a row so we'll see see what happens all right very good let's move on to three questions and number one and this seems like a question that we're asking every week because uh, because there's so many good running backs in this league. But who rushes for more yards this week, Brees Hall or Jalen Warren of Oklahoma State? I'm going to go Jalen Warren. 
it's it's a risky pick. The way it Iowa is. State's defense plays and it is the inconsistency with the offense, but I just think that Jalen is in this groove right now. The offensive line's in a groove with the run game, and I, I I'm going to lean towards Jalen because I f- I have I just had this gut feeling that Iowa State's going to try to throw the ball a little bit more. I can see that. I can see that, and uh, I could definitely see them trying to get Brees Hall some yardage in the passing game as well. Uh, I'm going with Jalen Warren as well. I uh, I, I uh, picked against him last week with Bijan Robinson, and he uh, he proved me wrong by 60 yards. So I'm uh, I'm sticking with <laughs> that fourth uh, quarter. Really got you. That fourth quarter got me for sure. So I'm uh, I'm sticking with Warren this week. Now I'm not asking this question because we only get three questions. But if I had asked this, over 33.5 carries for for Jalen Warren, over or under? Um, I'm gonna go under this week. Oh really? Interesting. I am. I think Dez will get a couple carries this week. Okay, interesting. I think I think, and I I, I kind of think that he'll get, he'll get that rest in the third quarter again. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be some Dominic Richardson, some Dez Jackson, and I think they're going to try to save him up to close it out. Interesting. I'm uh, I, I uh, if I had asked that question, I would have said over. Okay. I think uh, I think we're going to see. 35, uh, 35 plus. I also think some of his touches are going to come through the uh, through, through the screen game again. I think they're going to bring back the screen game a little bit with him. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. So. All right, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go to the offensive side of the ball for Iowa State. Over or under four point five receptions for the uh, the Oklahoma boy Charlie Kolar. Ooh. Four and a half. He's had uh, at least four in every game he's played this season. And uh, he's had uh, he's uh, had five at least once. I'm gonna say under. Under. I'm gonna go under because I just really like OSU's secondary. Yeah. It's that simple. I just like their secondary. I'm going over. Okay. Not a not a knock on the OSU secondary. Yeah. I think that Brock Purdy will be pushing really hard to get the ball to Kolar and get him involved That's fair. in the offense. So I think that uh, that they go to him as often as they possibly can. And uh, we've seen what kind of playmaker he can be. I mean, that guy's going to play in the league. I'm, uh, I'm convinced yeah. of it. So um, so I think that will uh, that will be the, uh, the, the case in terms of them trying to get the ball to him. All right. Now we uh, before the uh, before we started taping, we discussed two other questions, and I can't remember which one we settled on. So we, we ditched uh, the tackle leader. That's right. That's right. Okay. So uh, so last question: more interceptions thrown, Spencer Sanders or Brock Purdy? I'm remember? gonna say Sanders. Feels that way. It feels that way. It feels, feels like it could be one of those game. games. Um, you know, it just I have I have that nervousness about this for Spencer and so I'm going to pick Spencer. I'm going with Spencer as well. I um, it just it just feels like it's one of those games where he's going to be trying to force things. Mm-hmm. The offense is not going to be clicking early against a really good defense and he's going to try to force some things, try to make some plays and um, and uh, and it's it's going to cost him. I'm not saying that it's going to cost them a win, but it's going to cost them some opportunities. Yeah. I'm uh, not quite ready to make I, my pick yet, but I kind of think this is going to be a low-scoring game. 
Oh, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I think uh, I think we're looking at something in the twenties for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a uh, a fantastic game, a fascinating game, but definitely a low scoring game. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm excited for the whole trip. That's right. Uh, I, I I promised we were going to talk about Fong's Pizza for those that uh, that stuck it out. You get uh, you get rewarded now with getting to hear about Fong's. Uh, Jacob, you want to you want to break down the uh, what exactly Fong's is so, for everybody? Yeah, so I will I will admit right up front, I'm probably not as excited as you and Barry, but I like Fong's. And here's the thing about Fong's: if you like Chinese food and you like pizza, and who doesn't like pizza? This is the place for you. Absolutely, it's Chinese food on pizza. We're talking a crab rangoon pizza, right? A General Tso's pizza, um, you name it, a ramen pizza. I was looking at right. the, the other day, a ramen right. pizza. Um, now, last time we were up there, we had an egg roll pizza. Not on the menu anymore. It was not on the menu uh, when we looked the other too. day. Maybe maybe um, still uh, still on the local menu, just hasn't made it to the website yeah. yet. So here's the thing. This thing sounds strange. It absolutely strange, does. It's right? No. I mean, it is, but it's it's good. It's delicious. It's it's exactly what you uh, what you would expect whatever dish you you choose as your pizza to taste like it's uh and it's just in pizza form and it's uh, it's spectacular yeah, it's really good and i don't and i'm not trying to downplay my excitement i'm excited but i'm right. just that's just yeah i'm it's still a little strange to me sometimes to think about we're gonna eat some chinese pizza chinese food pizza how weird was it the first time that barry trammell introduced the idea to you i thought it was absurd and there was no way I'd ever eat there. Yes, I thought the same thing. And then we went two years ago, and it was awesome. Yes. And we even got Frank Bonner, who you know covered the issues for Tulsa World at the time, to join us. And he was way more hesitant than we were. <laughs> way he more. No showed us. I think. <laughs> I and, think so. Yeah. And he ended up liking it. So it's it's a fantastic place. Um, it's completely unique. It's definitely uh, maybe something you'd find in Iowa. I don't know. I mean, you know, Iowa seems like a unique place. So right. Um, I'm. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the whole trip um, and everything that goes along with it. Absolutely. All right. Well, enough about Fong's Pizza for now. I'm sure we'll get to talk some more about that in the post game after we've actually had it again. So uh, we'll get Barry's take on it this time on the podcast. Too. That's right. We'll get Barry to chime in and uh, maybe he can tell us the origin story of uh, of Fong's or at least how he found it and uh, and discovered it. And uh, because I, I'm pretty sure it's a staple of every uh every trip to aims for him at yes. this point there's multiple locations that's how there good are. it is there's yes. multiple locations in different cities exactly fantastic stuff all right last thing the most important thing i forgot anything hanging out there i think we covered everything pretty I well i really actually think we cover everything i think um, we got it all i didn't make any wild predictions this time no you didn't i don't you have anything nothing in my no, gut nothing right brewing? now okay. no nothing that's, brewing that's fair um I got lucky last time, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty cool hearing my wife Ashley talk about how uh, her cousins were excited that I predicted it. I'm glad they listened. Kit and Caroline got married. Hey, that's excited! That? Congratulations! And so uh, that was awesome. So I was I was excited about that. So thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, we appreciate them uh, very much for uh, for listening to our podcast. We appreciate all our listeners to the podcast, yes. but especially them. So uh, I think that'll do it then. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there, and uh, we will talk to you after the Iowa State game in the next episode of the Cowboy Chronicles. <laughs>